Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as you're joining us for our studies in the book of Revelation. Right now, we are looking at the seven churches of Revelation, and today, We're going to complete our study with the Catholic Church in Smyrna and then start with the Catholic Church in Pergamum. Picking up where we ended last time, Revelation chapter 2, the church in Smyrna and verse 10, Jesus writing to this church, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested for 10 days. You will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. There's something pretty important that we need to extract here, and it's important for us living in the United States, or perhaps if you're living in one of the other English-speaking countries, where the theory of the rapture at any moment, uh, the technical name, theological term for it is dispensationalism. This uh, theory that uh, is newer than the Protestant Reformation, it doesn't have roots in the historic church, even though they kind of claim that it does. The rapture at any moment interpretation of the book of Revelation, which is so prevalent on the airways and everything else, says this about the book of Revelation. They say that chapters two and three, these seven letters, which we're studying, are for the church age. And what they do is they radically differentiate the church age from the millennial kingdom, the kingdom age. And what I'm trying to show, what the revelation is trying to show is that what happens when the kingdom of God comes into conflict with the Roman empire, the kingdom of man, that you have the persecution and such. But basically they're saying, that the church age is Revelation 2 and 3. They claim at Revelation 4, 1, and I'll be talking about this, that's when the rapture occurs. And after the church age, Revelation 2 and 3, the tribulation period begins, okay? So again, this is the TV variety of the book of Revelation. Chapters 2 and 3 are for the church age, then after the church age, the tribulation begins. And that's a great theory, but it doesn't follow the Bible. Why? Well, this letter begins in verse 9 with Jesus saying, I know your tribulation and your poverty. Uh, In other words, it's already going on in chapter 2 the church age. <laughs> because Why? Because the kingdoms are conflicting with each other. And he says in verse 10, this isn't some future age. He says, do not do not fear what you are about to suffer. So something was going on against the Christians in this church of Smyrna as Jesus was speaking in Revelation chapter 2. And I just need to mention that the Greek word for poverty here is actually, it's not just somebody of a low income, it it refers to people who are destitute, uh, people who may have had their homes, businesses, and property taken from them for their failure to acknowledge Caesar as Lord. There is a very high price to pay. 
How many of us could really say we're ready to pay that price? Are you? Am I? I mean, these are some pretty big questions. But in any case, the tribulation was occurring. And not only that, if you back up to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9, it begins with, I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the tribulation and the kingdom. Well, the kingdom's not a future age because he was sharing it with the Christians described in Revelation 2 and 3, and the tribulation, which is mentioned in chapter 2, which is supposed to be the church age, is already going on in chapter 1 as well. So, so much for that theory. I'd like to remind you, those who have been with me as we've gone through various passages of Scripture on prophecy, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we had an important passage. St. Paul wrote, and this, these are the first five verses, he said, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we, went, we sent Timothy, God's servant, to establish you in your faith so that no one may be moved by these afflictions. In other words, Paul was very anxious for this new church in Thessalonica and they were experiencing afflictions, verse 3. This is just an English word, afflictions. It's a synonym for tribulations. It's the exact same word for tribulation used in the book of Revelation. No difference. In the Greek New Testament, this is a perfect comparison. So in other words, Paul was concerned that these early Christians and Thessalonians and Again, the rapture at any moment folks say that Paul's epistles are for the church age. They maybe look down in a secondary sense on other scriptures. Well, this is a, what they call a church age scripture, and they were experiencing present tense afflictions. And then St. Paul goes on to say, and you yourselves know that this is to be our lot. And people are being fed and marketed an American-made gospel free of suffering versus St. Paul foundation preaching and teaching saying tribulations to be our lot. And then he says in verse 4, for when we were with you, we told you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction. And again, this word is the same word as tribulation used in other portions, portions of the New Testament. And it has come to pass, as you know. So what's the practical importance of this? Uh, what's one of the reasons I'm even doing Luke 21 radio? Well, it refers to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13. And by the way, I would hope that you are using this series not only for your personal enrichment, but we really have a job to do to try to gain a mastery of what the scriptures are teaching about biblical prophecy because it has an effect on a person's whole outlook of the Christian life and discipleship and whether or not they will experience eternal life. Listen to Jesus, Matthew 13, verse 20. What was sown on rocky ground? This is he who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, and he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. When tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. 
you know, there could be the largest falling away of very good folks, sincere people who have been led down the path that God will yank them out of this world before any persecution or tribulation or persecution-induced poverty may come down on our heads. And this could lead to a massive falling away, and that's one of the main reasons we want to be able to share with people from the Scriptures an interpretation that's real. And that reality is that we're living in a world with two kingdoms coexisting. We have the kingdom of God here. We have the kingdoms of this world. You say, well, it'll never happen in America. Guess again. We never really know. Would you have thought maybe uh, Germany before World War II would uh, explode into the Third Reich? I, I, I think a lot of people would be just flabbergasted that that occurred, and yet it did. Let's go to the church at Pergamum. And Pergamum, in chapter 2, starting in verse 12, we find here that Jesus addresses this church in a city where Satan's throne is, verse 13, where Satan's dwells. Now, what in the world is this? Well, Pergamum was the first city in Asia Minor to erect a temple to the divine Augustus. Again, Caesar wanting to be worshiped and regarded as divine. And the temple the secular temple in Pergamum had a huge white marble altar dedicated to Zeus, king of the gods. And this designation, the throne of Satan in Pergamum, was referring to this whole system of idolatrous worship that was coupled with the worship of Rome and its divine, so-called divine emperor. You want to know why the book of Revelation was written? It's a sleeper, but it's in verse 13. He says, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. You hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. This was the first martyrdom that we're aware of in Asia Minor. This was the martyrdom where you came into conflict with the two kingdoms, and Antipas gave his life. This is just a forerunner of what was going to happen for decades upon decades of Roman persecution of the Christians for failing to worship Caesar as Lord. And what was going on here, it's the idea of Satan enthroning the emperor on this idolatrous altar which is very interesting. Did you know that that altar of Zeus and part of the temple of Pergamum was excavated in the late uh, 19th century? And in 1930, a Pergamum museum was opened in Berlin. And Albert Speer, the new chief architect for the Nazi party, was directly commissioned by Adolf Hitler to designate and design a parade grounds for the massive Nazi rallies that you've seen. And before the altar at Pergamum, see, this is just, it's the same stuff. It just goes through history. It's demonically engineered and, and empowered. Before the altar of Pergamum, Germans by the thousands enthusiastically swore what they called 
the holy oath. You owe it to yourself to go to YouTube and watch the last eight minutes of Hitler's propaganda speech entitled The Triumph of the Will. This was filmed in front of the Pergamum altar where Satan dwells, and basically you can apply what was going on in the first century to the 20th century. This propaganda film was shown for 20 years. And you wanna see a powerful speech, an inspired speech, but inspired by the devil, and you look at the people's faces. They weren't being shot at or gassed or uh, threatened with a machete or something. They were willingly praising this in a frenzy. Look at the people's faces on this eight-minute YouTube triumph of the will. And to this day, the Pergamum Museum is the most popular museum in Berlin. And you think, well, wow, can that ever happen again? Can that ever happen here? Well, you know, imagine if we were to have a severe economic collapse just like Germany had. And you have somebody come along and I'll fix it, just like Hitler did. And the unimaginable can happen when a leader, demonically inspired, can lead people down the same path what was going on in the first century. It happened in the 20th century. Perhaps it can happen in the 21st. It's time to keep our eyes open. I'm Steve Wood, your host. And you've been listening to episode 65 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at Luke. 21.com